Hello, Hillel. I'm Gabby Ostrove, and you're listening to the Berkeley Hillel Podcast. Welcome to Hello, Hillel, the Berkeley Hillel Podcast. I'm Gabby Ostrove, and I'm the Jewish Education Chair of the Hillel Student Board. I love podcasts, and I love Hillel, so I thought it would be a fun idea to make a podcast dedicated to the goings-on of Berkeley Hillel. Throughout the podcast, we'll be interviewing staff members, learning about the new building, meeting students in Hillel's many fellowships, talking about Jewish holidays, and so much more. If you're new to Cal or to Hillel, this podcast will be a great way to learn everything about what Hillel has to offer. And if you already go to Hillel all the time, this podcast will give you an inside look into the people and the programs that make Hillel, Hillel. If you want to be involved in the creation of the podcast, or if you have a topic that you think we should explore, please find me at Hillel or email podcast at gmail.com. For the first episode of a podcast about Berkeley Hillel, I thought it would be a good idea to interview the executive director of Berkeley Hillel, Rabbi Adam Naftalin Kelman. Rabbi Adam has been Berkeley Hillel's executive director for almost 10 years and was the driving force behind the remodel of Hillel that is just wrapping up now. I thought this would be a great opportunity for students to get to know Rabbi Adam a bit better, and he graciously made time for me to talk to him. So, welcome to Hello Hillel, and I hope you enjoy episode one, an interview with Rabbi Adam Naftalin Kelman. Adam. Hi, Gabby. Thanks for talking to me today. I am thrilled to be talking with you today. Right. So I wanted to ask you some questions. I thought you'd be a perfect first episode for this Berkeley Hillel podcast as the head guy in charge of Berkeley Hillel. And so the staff always takes students out to coffee and asks about our Jewish experiences and how we ended up at Berkeley. So I wanted to sort of turn that around and ask you some of those same questions to, to learn more about you. So you're taking me out to coffee. Exactly. Great. You have coffee. And I have coffee right here. It's so perfect. I'm thrilled to be uh, taken out to coffee by you, Gabby. Of course. So just to, let's start at the beginning. Um, what were some of your Jewish experiences growing up? I, I wish I had like this really interesting and um, uh, crazy experience. Um, but I have what's interesting for me. I grew up in Los Angeles. I went to Heschel Day School. I went to Los Angeles Hebrew High School. I went to Camp Alanine growing up. Um, I participated in USY. I was what was known as Sado Vice President, Social Action mm-hmm. Tikkun Olam Vice President. Um, so I had the like typical affiliated Jewish background um, and experiences. Um, I went to Birmingham High School. Um, so any of those Los Angeles things, that's, that's where I went. I went to uh, Valley Beth Shalom. That's where I had my bar mitzvah. Mm-hmm. So I had what would be known as the uh, stereotypical affiliated Jewish experience. Um, so that's the uninteresting part. <laughs> what I would say the interesting part is um, from a very young age, I was always drawn to um, had positive experiences around Judaism. And I remember at a very young age, I would go to Valley Beth Shalom. And uh, after the, the Haftorah reading, uh, with the bar mitzvah, the, whoever the bar mitzvah was, they would always throw candy onto the bima, onto the stage area. And I have vivid memories at a very young age. I must have been five or six. I would run up to the bima and I would collect the candy, which is often done in many synagogues. And I would walk back down the pews, down the aisle, 
And I would hand out candy to, at that time, were some of the elderly people in the synagogue. And it was the beginning for me of a very positive and warm experience being in synagogue without even knowing it. I would always, and I would get to know these ladies. They tended to almost entirely, there were a few men, but almost entirely women. Um, at that time, I thought they were old women. They were probably in their 60s and 70s. They have since all passed away. Um, but they were fabrics of my shul experience, my synagogue experience, and also starting to shape this positive and um, sort of sweet way of engaging in synagogue. So I have that as an experience. Um, and um, I'd always have these small stories around that. The other part that I had is uh, I went to a Jewish day school starting in kindergarten and uh, starting at a young age, it must've been first or second grade. Um, we would, at that, at that, at that school, we would wear, we would have to wear a kippah for Judaic studies. So I found it more convenient to just wear it the whole time because otherwise I would lose it. And that became habituated. And I started wearing a kippah all the time. And that became part of my identity. And I was the one that I was wore it all the time. And that just became who I was. Um, and I was one of the only, um, I was the only person I knew of that I went to big public high school and I continued to wear my kippah in a public high school mm -hmm. and that also shaped who I was and how I was seen by others and being thoughtful about what does it mean to have a kippah and how do I represent Jewish students and I would play sporting events and I would be out on the track in a LA uh, Los Angeles city finals for a track meet and I would wear my kippah while I would be running so that was always part of who I was and it was always a fabric of my identity all these smaller things um, and I would say probably the, the most impactful part of my Jewish identity um, or experience that really shaped who I was were three major things. One was my family. Um, we always celebrated holidays. It was always a joyous occasion around Jewish holidays. Um, so just the family celebration uh, of what we did um, from lighting Shabbat candles to having a Shabbat dinner. We always had Shabbat dinner. And I have memories of setting the table and always eating in the dining room. It was a, a celebratory and festive way of bringing in Shabbat. We always had the nice dishes. We had Shabbat dishes versus weekday dishes. So all those little things um, created a real semblance of, for me, just a, a positive, joyous celebration um, of Shabbat and holidays. And the other, um, the, the second thing that was a fabric of William was Jewish summer camp. Mm -hmm. Um, it, it really shaped who I am today. Um, my mentors are from, uh, from Jewish summer camp. Some of my best friends are from Jewish summer camp. I'm from Camp Elenium, and I think it's probably the most, uh, the greatest experience that we can provide uh, for, for Jewish students and Jewish youth. And, uh, and the last thing was uh, my experience in uh, both college and in high school in being uh, the only one in a very large non-Jewish or just secular community um, of wearing a kippah and what that meant and what questions that, what actual questions were asked of me, but also what questions I asked of myself. How do I represent myself as a Jew, knowing that I'm, everybody sees me that way? What does it mean to wear a kippah? Um, am I placed as a religious, whatever that means, and all the baggage around that? And that had, that had a significant impact on shaping who I am and I think shaping even now so my kids, mm -hmm. um, who are three boys that wear kippot in a public school and they're the only three. So many people have positive experiences around Judaism, but you decided to go to rabbinical school, which not everybody decides to do. 
Um, so what brought you to that decision? So my whole life, um, I had really, as I said, I had really positive experiences um, uh, around Judaism. I'll share one story with you um, that uh, sometimes parents and grandparents see stuff in us that we don't always see. Mm. Um, so I did not decide to become a rabbi until much later in life. Really, I came to that conclusion when I was, uh, after I graduated college. What college did you go to? I went to the University of Rhode Island. Also what brought a random, you there? Um, a really random uh, decision. I, uh, my sister went to the University of Massachusetts. Mm-hmm. I'm from Los Angeles, so it's an odd thing. Um, she went there, and I thought it was really cool that she got on a plane to go to college. Mm-hmm. So I thought that that mystique mm-hmm. seemed great. And uh, so I always thought, like, oh, that would be great to go to college far away. Mm-hmm. Um, I, um, I also ran track competitively in high school, and I really wanted to do that in college. Mm-hmm. So I looked at places where I could do that. Um, and I also loved business. Mm-hmm. So they had a business program there. So the combination of that, um, narrowed some of the schools and they had a really beautiful brochure at my high school fair. <laughs> so all of that being the case, um, they landed on the list. I got accepted and, um, and I ended up at university of Rhode Island. It was a beautiful place. Um, ironic is that, uh, I, I went there and I looked at, as a Hillel director, is a little bit ironic. I went there and um, there was, I will just say that at that time, Jewish life was really lacking there for mm-hmm. Shabbat um, or anything that was happening. Um, and I remember I have right behind me, you can look. I got an award and it says the oh, Lawrence nice. P. Hopfenberg Award for Most Active Fresh Person <laughs> is presented to Adam Naftalin in the class of 1997. What's really important to recognize, though, is I was probably the only active first-year person yeah. involved in Hillel, and that's why I got that award. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was really lacking. I had a great time there. Mm-hmm. It was, like, formative. But you asked about um, yeah. rabbinical, rabbinical schools. School. So I'll tell you a story. My grandfather, I'm, I'm, uh, I must have been 11 years old, maybe 12 years old, and I'm driving with my grandfather for people that are from Los Angeles. I'm on, we're driving on Valley <laughs> Vista. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's like around uh, Valley Vista, just, um, uh, just on the other side of Sepulveda. And I can remember we're like driving through. My grandfather, um, uh, Alav HaShalom, may he rest in peace. Grandpa Arnie was his name. He asked me, he's like, what are you going to do when you grow up? Right, as a good grandparent mm-hmm. would ask their, their grandchildren. And at that time, I was a really, um, I was, let's say, obsessed with basketball. I, like, every waking moment was about practicing and playing basketball. And I said to him, I'm going to be a Jewish basketball player, and I'm going to, I'm going to be a basketball player in the NBA that wears a kippah. Like, I, I'm going to be yes. the first one. Um, and I really believed it at that time. As a good 11-year-old still holding on to their yeah. dreams and playing and knew it could happen. Um, and he turned to me and he said, you're going to be a rabbi. And I said, Grandpa, you're crazy. I'm not going to be a <laughs> rabbi. Like, that seems ridiculous. Um, fast forward 20 years, about, or twenty or 10 years, mm-hmm. 15 years, um, I applied to rabbinical school. And um, I think it was just part of who I was. Um, he saw something in me that I did not yet see. But I really came to that conclusion after I graduated college, was working for a little bit, mm-hmm. um, and saw that I was ready to make a career change. What rabbinical school did you go to? I went to Rabbin- uh, the Ziegler School, so it's a conservative uh, denominational rabbinical Where school in Los Angeles. So I did I did three years there in Los Angeles. I did one year in New York um, because I was uh, Elon and I were dating, so mm-hmm. I transferred for a year and I went to JTS. 
and then I did one year in Israel. And did you enjoy your rabbinical school experience? I did. It was, uh, I, I really loved um, so much of it. Um, I loved the studies. Mm-hmm. Uh, I loved the learning. There's an opportunity to learn. It's one of the things I miss most about uh, where I am now. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the things I'm taking advantage of is still being able to go to classes. Yeah. Uh, the learning was wonderful. Uh, and the more I learned, the more I realized I had more to learn, mm-hmm. um, which is the beauty of it. So you're really learning how to learn. Um, but I love the studies and just uh, immersing myself in that. Did you have a special area of focus or interest as a student? I didn't really have a special area of focus. Mm-hmm. I had, um, there's one class that really speaks to me that I, that I turn to a lot is a, a Bible class that I had in Israel. Mm-hmm. Um, really reading the Bible and thinking about um, not just the stories, but how it was put together mm-hmm. and what are the theological implications of why different verses are in different places. And it really had a profound impact on me and really how I look at the Torah and the Bible and how I read it. Then somehow you ended up here at Berkeley Hillel between rabbinical school and today. So what what twists and turns brought you here? Yeah, I came from, I was the Hillel director at the University of Colorado in Boulder, which was really beautiful and I had a great time there. I was there for three years. Um, Ilana, my wife, is from Berkeley mm. and... Um, and I, uh, the job opened up, and uh, we thought, huh, wonder what that would look like to move here, be closer to family. My whole family's in the Southern California region, and her whole family's in California. So we thought it might be nice to go back home, mm-hmm. um, at least to California. And uh, part of me also felt that um, how can you turn down Berkeley Hillel, at least not to apply? Um, Berkeley is a premier institution in the world, mm-hmm. um, which means that the, the, the caliber of students and the type of students that are here um, have so much possibility and opportunity. And I felt like um, I couldn't not uh, apply. And the more I looked into it, the more exciting it got. Uh, the prospect of really creating um, and continue to build upon an amazing history of the place, being here from 1927. Um, so as I progressed through the process, it felt um, more and more a better fit Mm -hmm. and i think um i've been happy ever since making that decision so you you were never like a congregational rabbi i was never a congregational rabbi i never had an interest in it Mm -hmm. um ilana and i joke that her father is also a rabbi here in um in berkeley Mm -hmm. as a retired rabbi what she said is she vowed never to marry a rabbi um (laughs) and here she is married to a rabbi um, but, uh, we never really were looking for the lifestyle and of, uh, of the congregational, um, pulpit lifestyle for us. Um, and I just, I love being on college campus. I, mm-hmm. I can't imagine doing anything else. Um, so now being here at Berkeley Hillel, um, what are some things that you love about being here? I think, uh, well, one thing just being at Berkeley is the, the, the variety of conversations that keep me on my toes and constantly force me to think differently about stuff is, um, is just always eye-opening. Um, I'm, I'm constantly challenged in a good way and having to think deeply about not just Jewish topics, but just life in general. Um, and that's just fun in Berkeley. Sometimes it can get a little bit crazy, as mm-hmm. we sometimes know in Berkeley. We get sometimes can take things a little bit too far, but I always think that there, it's always coming from a place of exploring and deeply thinking about topics. So for me, just the Berkeley community and the UC Berkeley students, are they're incredibly smart, critical thinkers, um, and they're just passionate about so many things. So it's fun to be around um, and to see them. 
And in terms of uh, Berkeley Hill, the things that I love here is I just I love the the desire and the the openness that Jewish students have here from across the spectrum. Uh, they're willing to try pretty much anything. Um, they're uh, they're open to it. They're not shy about offering feedback and critical things about it in a really loving way. And for me, what I love, I think most of really Hillel in general, but Berkeley um, in particular, is I love the idea of pluralistic Judaism. Um, and I love uh, the idea of stripping down a denominational bent and really seeing an expression of a communal Jewish expression that both weighs students that come from observant households and observant backgrounds to so students that are just finding out that they're Jewish. And how do you hold on to those tensions um, and honor that? And for me, that that's the most exciting part of the work is how do I, how do I not just compromise or just make it the whoever is the most observant, we do everything according to that, or whoever is the least observant, we do everything according to that. But how do we honor um, both ends of the spectrum and find the right balance where everybody is just a little bit uncomfortable enough to still love the celebration, but still feel accommodating and open to, uh, to as many people as possible. And that, that's really difficult. Um, very, there are many times we get it wrong, um, but there are times when we get it right that I feel like it just it threads the needle and that's where the meaning is happening. So what goes on in your office day to day? Do you have this title? You have your, we know who you are, but what do you do at your desk every day? What do I do at my desk? I feel like that sometimes what my siblings, my sister has once asked, my, my mom asked, like, what do you do at work every day, mm -hmm. right? I'm not, uh, I don't have like a, a day job where I have my list of things that uh, are as my previous uh, career as an accountant. I had all the things where I did tax returns or whatever I was working on. Um, you were an accountant? I was an accountant before I went into this. <laughs> oh. And more than just accounting for souls as a rabbi, I was an accountant mm. of numbers. One of the things I love about this work is that no two days are the same. Mm -hmm. um, so I could describe and show you my calendar for the week, um, for this week, um, or just tomorrow. And uh, I won't have another day like that probably for the next 10 years. Mm -hmm. um, so that's not so helpful for you to get a sense <laughs> of what I do. Um, but I'll tell you some of the, the, the general things that I'll do is... Um, so, for instance, uh, you're part of a podcast and book group that we have. Yes, I am. Um, one day, I'll spend some time just preparing, mm -hmm. either listening to the podcast or reading the book that we have to that we'll read, and coming up with some questions so we can we can speak about that. Mm -hmm. um, I teach uh, our senior uh, senior fellowship, booze and schmooze, mm -hmm. and um, I'll I'll spend oftentimes if we have that Monday that I'm teaching, I'll spend a good half hour or an hour preparing uh, for that session. Um, Right now, we're in the middle of a, a search. We have to hire a new development director, mm -hmm. and we're hiring a rabbinic educator, so I might spend a, an hour or two doing an interview uh, with mm -hmm. somebody. Um, have to do some of the administrative boring things of I'll send emails. Sure. You'll get emails from me. I Students will get emails, emails from me. Um, so that's part of the job. Um, another part of the job will be meeting with, uh, with supporters of the organization. Um, and in some ways, uh, that is also, one of the, for me, one of the most exciting and inspiring pieces of work that I get to do uh, to bring people into this organization that are not direct beneficiaries mm -hmm. uh, of the work that we do, but are part of this journey and supporting the work. And um, so I'll have a meeting with them and talk about the work that we're doing um, and be a part of that journey with them. Other things that I might, uh, that I'll take care of is I'll, uh, 
I'll read, I'll read some books um, related to, we have a student that just uh, got back, we got back from Israel and perspectives and mm-hmm. we have a student that pretty much wrote a book, a self-published book. So I'll spend some time uh, reading that book. Uh, recently, I've taken on uh, the, the task of learning guitar, something I've wanted to do for most of my life. Yeah, I see some of that. So you can table. see that uh, strewn on the table here <laughs> and the guitar open there. Mm-hmm. So I'll try to spend like 15 minutes or 20 minutes just uh, playing guitar. Playing guitar is a, a generous term for what I'm doing, <laughs> but at least practicing a little bit. And uh, everything in between. Recently, I'm, I'm going to a class um, in, uh, that uh, Professor Shahar Kareev teaches in economics. He's mm-hmm. a graduate class on game theory. Mm-hmm. So that's on Thursday. So I'll go to that class for an hour on Thursday. And that's been really interesting. Um, that's really the bulk. And then obviously, a, a part of the day is meeting with students. Mm-hmm. Um, this morning, I had coffee with a student. So I still get to go out to coffee with students. Yeah, I have coffee tomorrow with a student. So I'll try to have at least two coffees a week with students. So Hillel has gone through a recent transformation in this new building that you were spearheading that whole journey. Um, so what is something that you hope for the future of Hillel now that sort of this, this chapter is over? What's, what's next? What do you hope for the future? Right. So we just built this, um, rebuilt this new building with so many people involved and it's, it's beautiful. It's like, I'm looking out my window right now in the mm-hmm. hallway and seeing students here studying right now yeah. um, because the library is closed today, which is crazy. <laughs> so they're here studying on a beautiful day. I think now that we finished this building, um, it, I'm starting to think about the, uh, how do we now capitalize and really leverage this amazing asset and, and tool that we have as a building mm-hmm. to enhance Jewish life for more and more students. Um, how do we make studying in a Jewish atmosphere um, more prevalent? How do we um, how do we utilize it, and how do we make sure that students can take advantage of the resources of the building um, and beyond studying? Um, so some of the things I'm not really sure what it's going to look like. What might it look like to have a weekly movie screening or a monthly movie screening in the auditorium now? What might it look like to um, to have more and more groups using the space? Um, what might it look like to have students? Um, use the space. I'm looking, I'm really looking for students to think about ways how they can use a space that I didn't even anticipate. Mm-hmm. One of the ways that we design the building is for spaces to be as flexible as possible. Um, so what might it look like for students to really think about how space is used? We have a beautiful Beit Midrash that has wonderful light and it's so warm and comfortable. Um, what would it look like to have an alternative Beit Midrash here once in the afternoon, once a week? Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. Um, but one of the things I am looking is how do we really inspire and engage the Jewish students to create things here um, and utilize the building as a tool? So for me, it's we now have this tool, and I want to turn to the students and say, now use it and like hammer away at it and figure out how best to, uh, to enhance your Jewish experience using mm-hmm. this tool. Um, so thank you for sharing all of that with me. We're just going to do a few lightning round questions just to get to Great. know you a little bit better. Uh, what is your favorite Jewish holiday? Shabbat. What is your favorite Jewish food? Shabbat Kiddush cookies. Okay. What is something that someone could come up and ask you about that you would say, oh, yes, I love talking about that, either Jewish or otherwise? Otherwise, um, triathlons. What is your favorite feature of the new building? That's like asking me to say, what's <laughs> my, which, uh, pick my favorite son of my three sons. <laughs> what's one thing you So like? <laughs> one thing that I love, I love the corner nook right outside of my office. Mm-hmm. It is, it's wonderful to see people lying on the couch, sleeping on there. Um, one of my favorites, by the way. Great. Um, 
what is it, one of your favorite Hillel events that we do throughout the year? I love barbecue. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to say uh, barbecue and uh, our senior fellowship. And finally, since we're making a podcast here, and I know you enjoy podcasts, what is your favorite podcast or one that you would recommend to students? I'm going to share two. So a Jewish podcast, Israel Story, is phenomenal. I love it. You should listen to every one of it. Um, they're they truly embody how I how I view Israel. So they're just they're and they have great voices. Um, and the other one is Serial. Classic. Classic. Turn me on to podcasts, and I don't think there has been another one as good. Well. Thank you so much for making time in your busy schedule for me, Rabbi Adam. Um, it was really great talking to you. Great. Thanks, Gabby. Look forward to hearing it. Thank you for listening to Hello Hillel. Please subscribe so that you always know when we have a new episode. Barbecues on Wednesday at 6 and Shabbat is on Friday with So Hour at 6 and Dinner at 7 at Berkeley Hillel. And please check out Hillel's website, berkeleyhillel.org, to learn more about all of our amazing programming and events. Have a great week, and I'll see you at Hillel.